and welcome back to another episode of the Potentially Podcast. I'm so glad you decided to come back and give this another listen, give this another shot. So I wanted to recap what we talked about last week and I know we focused a lot on health last week and I just wanted to let you guys know that I had a really, really good week. Um, I followed through on my goals, which I'm so proud of myself for. I didn't drink pop, I didn't eat pizza, did not eat a burger. And I know that it's only January 12th, we're only 12 days in, but to be completely honest, I'm just really proud of how I did so far. It's better than zero days, right? So I still have a lot to go to work on my health goals. You know, I need to cut back on my sugar, all that kind of stuff. But like we talked about last week, it's about starting with some small goals and some measurable, achievable goals that we 100% control ourselves. We are controlling the controllable and I did that this week and so this podcast is all about being proud of ourselves for what we actually do and being critical if we fall short and I actually did that this week so I'm really, really proud of myself Um, and I hope that whatever the goals were for you, you were able to accomplish those this week and I'm really proud of you if you did. This week, we are going to jump into finances. I know it's not everybody's favorite subject. Um, There's a lot of people that get really stressed about this subject, but it is important because it affects everything we are able to do. It affects where we can live. It affects what vacations we go on. It it affects um, what kind of generosity we can bestow onto other people. It affects the things we can buy for our family. It affects what kind of retirement we have. It affects so much in our lives. And it's really something that builds on itself. You can get yourself in a really, really deep hole. And I know this from firsthand experience because I, my husband and I kind of dug ourselves into a little bit of a deep hole after I had lost my job. We let our credit cards really rack up and um, we have a lot of student loans. He's back in school and these are all decisions we made but it's something that we now have to deal with and we want to change and we want to be better. So the first step for all of this is becoming cash flow positive. If you don't have a positive cash flow, you're not going to be able to do anything. You have to have more money coming in than going out. And I know that that seems super obvious, but it's I just I felt like it was something that you needed to state because right now I still have all of this debt that I need to pay off, but I've gotten my point where I'm no longer creating debt, okay? I'm cash flow positive right now. We've got our budget in check to the point that our expenses are less than what we are bringing in. And I think that is a huge step in the right direction because for a couple of years it wasn't. And that's why we're in the place that we're in right now. So the very first step that everyone needs to do is to become cash flow positive. And the only way you're going to do that is if you make a budget. And I know a lot of you out there are thinking, great, I do not want to make a budget. I hate looking at my finances. I don't want to know that I spent $5 on one cup of coffee. I don't want to know that. I just want to enjoy my cup of coffee and tell myself that I deserve it and move on with my life. (laughs) And while... You may think you deserve it, you don't, because if you can't afford it, you don't get it. That's how it works. You only deserve the things that you earn. That's how everything in this life works, okay? So if you can't afford that $5 cup of Starbucks, then you don't get it. 
you either better get the, you know, the cheap one from McDonald's or you better make it at home because you don't deserve the things that you don't earn yourself. And if you are not cash flow positive, you are not earning that yourself. So today I wanted to look at some tips for making a budget. I have five tips for what you need to do to make a budget that works for you. Tip number one is that you have to have a conversation with your significant other. So if you are single, you can skip this tip, but if you are not single, um, if you are married, then you need to have a conversation with your spouse. You cannot change your financial situation if you both aren't on board. Now, I know that everyone's a little bit different in how they um, deal with their money when they're married. Um, my husband and I completely share all of our finances. We have one bank account. We have one credit card. Both of our income is just our income. Um, even if you aren't like this, even if you're somebody who splits up your money and splits up your bank accounts, it doesn't matter. You both still need to be on the same page. There's no way you can move forward as a family if you are not on the same page. You just have to. And I know it's a difficult conversation and there's usually one person who's more on board than the other, but you just have to sit down one day and you just have to face it. You have to face each other and you just have to say, listen, if we are going to do better, if we are going to be better, then this is where we're going to start. We're going to start by making a budget. And it's not going to be fun. It's not going to be easy. But I bet after you have the conversation, you'll feel a little bit better about it. It won't be such a scary subject anymore. So that is tip number one. Tip number two is you need to use the medium that works for you. And by medium, I mean, are you going to write this budget down on a piece of paper? Do you have a planner? Do you have printouts um, that have all kinds of different categories on them? Do you use an app? Do you use a spreadsheet? I personally use a spreadsheet. I think a spreadsheet is, is superior to all of the other ways of doing things because, first of all, it's something that you can keep. You're not going to lose. You're not going to accidentally, you know, spill water on it and throw away. Um, it's something that's going to be on your computer forever. You can look back on it from year to year, which is what I do. I go and I've, I've been keeping track of... Um, my finances on a spreadsheet for about a year and a half, two years, I think. And it's been the best decision I've ever made. I like to look back on it. I like to know how I'm doing. I think it's really the reason that I was able to get cash flow positive because I just had to come to terms with how much we were actually spending. I couldn't make it up in my head. I couldn't lie to myself and I couldn't be in denial. So if I were going to suggest anything to you, it would be to set yourself up a spreadsheet. I really like the one that I have. I actually originally got it from a friend and I kind of tweaked it to make it my own, um, make it a little bit more personal to how I like to see things set up. And um, it's been really, really helpful. One of the reasons I think people like to use apps is because it's automatic. It's something that you don't have to sit down and do yourself, but that's actually what I like about using a spreadsheet is that it forces me to sit down, spend some time doing it, and actually kind of like force my brain to realize. So not only did my brain have to realize how much money I was spending when I bought the item, but then, you know, with credit cards and everything, it just seems so, you know, 
not real. It doesn't doesn't seem like you're actually giving up cash for it. It's just swipe the credit card and move on with your day, right? But when you're putting it in the spreadsheet, you know, a week later, you have to come to terms with the fact that you spent that money again. You have to remind yourself that you spent that money again. And I like that. I like manually putting it in and going like, oh, why did I make that decision? That was so stupid. And I think it forces me to be better next time. Tip number three is if you are using a spreadsheet, the nice thing is, is you can use all of that data and put it into a graph. People are sometimes visual learners, right? So not only does it help to see it in a list, but it really helps if you like throw it in a pie chart or something. And I really like to do that. I like to see how much money am I spending in each category? Um, what percent of my income is going to food? What percent is going to rent? What percent is going for my car payments? Um, I find that information very useful and really user-friendly. And it's something that, let's say you're the person who puts the information into the spreadsheet and your spouse is the one who just kind of looks at it after you're done. That's something that you can easily show them like, hey, we spent... 20% of our money on this one specific category. That is way too much. We need to decrease our spending. And then they can look at it and it's just a little bit easier of a way for them to be like, oh, okay. Because if they're not the one doing the finances, odds are that they don't enjoy spending a lot of time um, looking at finances, right? So if it's something that is easy for them to understand, easy for them to look at quickly and get on board with you so you guys can be on the same page so you're not arguing about it, I think that's great. Tip number four, you want to update this spreadsheet weekly. Do not let the spreadsheet get behind. I struggle with this one. So this tip is as much for me as it is for you. So every week you need to set aside a day that you're going to update the spreadsheet. I like to do mine on Sundays get a cup of coffee, sit down at the computer, you know, just punch it out really quick. I find it really, really useful to just set aside a specific time to do it. It's usually Sunday afternoons. In my house, there's not usually a lot going on on Sunday afternoons. It's usually a pretty chill time. So maybe I'll just turn on a TV show or something and um, just go to work. And I find it pretty relaxing and it sets me up for the next week. And then on Monday, I know exactly where I stand. I know what I need to do. And I know how to be better. So if Sundays doesn't work for your family, you can pick whatever day works best for you. But you have to keep up with this spreadsheet. You have to keep up with your budget. You can't put it off. It doesn't really help you if, you know, you're doing it every month or every couple of months and updating it all and then looking back at it. Back at it. Then you can't fix things until months down the road. You want to be able to fix things instantaneously. Okay. You don't want this to be a long, drawn-out process, right? You just want to get better. And tip number five is you need to be specific. I am going to walk you through what I have on my spreadsheet. And I think your categories need to be specific to you. If there is something really weird that only you buy, but you buy it all the time, make a category for it. Like, let's say you're really into a hobby, like you're really into golfing or something. And you buy a lot of stuff for golfing. Maybe you buy stuff for golfing monthly or weekly. That needs to be a category for you. Maybe it's not a category for everybody else, but it needs to be a category for you. If you don't have something like that and you're pretty a basic average um, 
person and you don't have something that you spend a lot of money on all the time, it's totally fine. But if you do, you need to get specific with it because there's no way that if you just throw everything into like an other category, you're going to realize how much you're spending. So let's say you have an other category and you really spend a lot of money on golf, but you also don't have a category for clothes and don't have a category for going out you know, to the movies or whatever it is, and everything is going into the other category, you're not going to realize how much money you're spending on golf. You're just going to assume that, oh, well, it's just like everything else, okay? So you need to break down specifically what you're doing so that way you can fix your actions. So on my spreadsheet, the first two categories I have are gas and food. The reason I have those first is they're just my most variable categories. Um, I'm not going to spend the specific amount the same every single month. And that's why I also have those broken down into weekly amounts. So gas and food, I set a budget for weekly. I find that easier. Food, you know, I'm going to the grocery store once or twice a week. Gas, same thing. I'm going to the gas station once or twice a week. So I find it way easier to break that down weekly versus monthly. And I'll, I'll tell you what my budget is. I have $80 a week in gas and $50 a week in food. Um, again, this is the budget for me and my husband, so not just for myself. Gas, we're pretty good at sticking to that. It probably seems like kind of a high amount for some people, but we drive quite a bit for our job. We don't live really close to our job. Well, I live close to my job. He drives a lot for work. But anyways, we drive quite a bit. And in our area, we also pay quite a bit in tolls, and that goes into the gas category. So it's gas and tolls. Our food category, this is the one we struggle with the most. It was also the category that I felt was easiest to cut. It's unnecessary spending. I think the reason we struggle with it is because food is a necessity. Like you obviously do need to buy food. You can't cut it out 100%. But we were using that as like an excuse to go out to eat too often or to grab fast food. So our goal now is between $25 and $50 a week on groceries. And we have not hit that this month yet. We've gone a little bit over and so that's something that we still need to work on and I know 25 to 50 dollars a week is um, probably a pretty low amount for a lot of people but we're working on a tight budget so it's something that we really need to hit. So that's kind of our main focus. The next categories I have are phone bill, electric, rent, water, renters, insurance, internet, all of that kind of stuff that I think most people have. Our phone bill is pretty high. We have Verizon. We recently updated our phones, but that's an area that maybe if you haven't updated your phones and you need to find a way to cut money, maybe don't up your, update your phones. Maybe that's a way that you can save money on that. Our rent is pretty standard for the area. Our rent includes our rent, our internet, TV, and washer and dryer. It's kind of like all combined but it's $1,200 and for our area, that's pretty average. I wouldn't say that that's a cheap place and I wouldn't say it's a really nice place. It's just average for our area. So whatever your area is, you know, you probably at least want to be at the average. If you're really, um, you're really serious about needing to cut a ton of money, maybe it's something where you need to look into a much cheaper place. Um, but for right now, this works for us and we don't plan on moving anytime soon. We kind of want to stay at that range for as long as possible and save up money and eventually be able to buy a house. Like we want the house, hopefully, to be our next move. 
as long as we don't need to move for work before then. All right, our next categories have everything to do with cars. So we have car insurance and car payments. So our car insurance is $180 a month and our car payments for two cars are 400, two cars and a motorcycle um, because my husband decided it would be a good idea to buy a motorcycle a while ago. Also a decision that we're dealing with to this day and need to get paid off. But anyways, for two cars and a motorcycle, we have $473 a month in car payments. And this category makes me the most frustrated because I just, I hate spending money on cars. So I think once we get our debt under control, this is the biggest thing I want to change first is saving up money before we buy a car so we can buy the car in cash. As, as frustrating as like student loans can be, at least I'm like, well, I needed to get that to have the job that I'm at right now. So at least there was some kind of purpose to it. Whereas the car just seems like, I don't know, the car is just always breaking. It's always annoying. Like, the, the car payments just frustrate me. I don't know if anyone else is like that, but it just frustrates me. Um, our next category on our budget is life insurance. So I don't know if there are people out there who don't have life insurance, but it, I strongly suggest that it's something that you get. If I were to die or my husband were to die, we need to be able to help the other person out. And while it seems like maybe something that is a waste of money right now, it's really not really important because you never know what can happen in life and you want to make sure that the other people in your life are taken care of and our life insurance costs us 48 bucks a month so not too bad all right our next one is student loans and right now we are paying only 82 dollars a month in student loans but that's because those are my student loans um, my husband's student loans are quite a bit more than that his total to about 500 dollars a month and we have those deferred right now while he's back in school. So luckily that was taken out of our budget. It was a big issue into us becoming cash flow positive while he's back in school as we had to get those deferred. We were not able to pay for those while he was back in school. So that's something we'll have to deal with as soon as he graduates, graduates again. Um, and then just to let you know, like some other types of categories you can have, um, these aren't like something that I really use every month or anything, but you can have a vacation budget, you can have a date night budget, you can have a pet budget, um, you can have a gift budget, charity budget. We do have an entertainment budget, which is like um, for having like HBO or Apple TV or whatever, like that's our entertainment budget. And then we have an other category as well. So there's all kinds of different budgets you can make. You can have categories that are specific just to you, like I said before. If there's something you spend a lot of money on every month, then go ahead and throw that in. You want to be as specific as possible. You don't want to have a lot of other categories. Right now, we just basically have the bare minimum because that's the amount of money we have. We just don't have a lot of money to be throwing around. And just to be 100% transparent with you guys, our take-home money right now for an entire year should be about $48,323. And our expenses, if we hit our budget every month for the year, should be about $45,554. So we're up about $3,000. So like I said, not a lot. It's very important that we stick to our budget. But I'm throwing these numbers out there because a lot of people don't like to talk about finances. And so it's really hard to get 
good information from people because it's something that's like seen in our society as like well you don't want to give out real numbers of what you make but I just feel like you should know where I'm coming from you should know where I started like this is what we're making right now this is our situation and then moving forward when we start doing better because we will we will start doing better when I start making more money you know it can make sense to you you can see how I got from point a to point b and then you can do that in your own life the whole goal is that you can do this in your own life as well and you can get better and you can make more money so this entire um budgeting podcast was to really look at expenses of how we could cut expenses now obviously the other side of the equation is to increase your income which is what we're working on doing as soon as my husband graduates which he should around september obviously our income will go up and that will help but for now we wanted to focus on the expense side of things the other way that i'm trying to work on this is you know with this podcast so right now um, I don't really have any listeners and I'm not making any money from this, obviously, but the goal is to just start making podcasts and see where this go- goes, try to learn about making podcasts, learn about growing a following, and one day, hopefully, I'll make money from having this podcast and that can be a way that I'm adding into my income. So everything is about looking towards the future and what can I do today to make tomorrow better? What can I control today that will make tomorrow better for myself and for my family. If you're the type of person who is afraid to look at their finances, afraid to look at your budget, that's okay. But that should be your goal for this year is to get over it, to to conquer that fear. And, you know, I just had a conversation with my cousin this week and that's her goal for this year. And I think that's amazing. She wants to stop fearing her finances. And, you know, she's a responsible person. She's a person who pays her bills all the time. It's an area where she struggles. She doesn't like to look at it. She, you know, will self-admittedly say she'd rather bury her head in the sand. And that's her goal for this year is to overcome that fear. And I think that's amazing. And I really, you know, I really applaud her for that. I've always been the type of person who likes to know exactly what I'm spending. But the problem has been, um, my biggest struggle has been communication. So how can I communicate to my husband better? How can we work better as a team? And that's something we're really working on this year. We've really improved on. I'm really proud of us for becoming cash flow positive. And now I know that going into the future, we're just going to work on paying down that debt. That's our whole goal is pay down that debt first and then start saving for things. You know, when I was younger, I would have conversations with my parents and um, a lot specifically my dad, but my mom too. And my dad would always say, like, debt is the killer of wealth. And it's so true. Like, you cannot become successful in your life with this debt hanging over your head. You just can't. It eats away at you mentally. It eats away at you financially. It just eats away at who you are. And you don't want to owe your life to somebody else. You want your life to be yours. You want to have the freedom to make different decisions. You want to have the freedom to take your family where you want to take them in life. And Debt is going to stop that. Debt is going to hold you back. So if there's one message that I really think you should take away from this podcast is that baby steps, okay? If you feel like your debt, let's say you have $100,000 in debt. I don't know. I don't know how much debt you have. Let's say it's 100 grand. Let's say it's 200 grand. I don't care how much it is. I don't care how many student loans you have. You can do this. The very first step is start taking in more than you are spending and start with a budget. Just start there. Start there today, and by the end of the year, you will be so surprised at how much closer you are. 
And once you get that ball rolling, once you have more money coming in and going out, you will just be, I think, so much more motivated to keep going. So it's baby steps. We can do this together. We're not going to give ourselves excuses, right? We're going to do this this year. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Potentially Podcast. I can't wait to talk to you guys again until next week. Bye.